When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, Tom Luganbill, National College Football Analyst with ESPN. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. This SEC Insider Hit is brought to you by Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor. And their easy-go golf cars for the neighborhood. Recreational. By the way, easy-go golf cars are made where? Augusta, Georgia. Made in America. Powered by Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors. Tom Luganbill, good morning. Uh, you in Charlotte? Uh, I am. I'm back in Charlotte. Got in last night from Austin, Texas, and uh, getting ready here for a, a grind. I've got um, Troy in South Alabama on Thursday night in the booth, and I've got Bedlam on Saturday uh, in my field analyst role on ABC, and then the following Tuesday I have a Mac game, but I don't know what it is yet, so... Uh, I'm cramming, bro. I'm cramming. I like it. I like it. That's uh, that's what we do. Okay, here, the game of the week is is A and M and Ole Miss for us. I, I know we're going to get to LSU and Bama, but I think this could be a a hell of a ball game. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't think Texas A and M is quite as bad as as maybe some of us think or fans. Their their losses. I mean, they've lost to some some good teams. But uh, you look at them, they kind of went through the motions against South Carolina, and I'm not taking anything from Ole Miss and Vandy. So yeah. it's in Oxford. Let, let's start with Petrino against Golding. A&M's a, still a work in progress, and Max Johnson is on his you-know-what a lot because that offensive yeah. line's iffy and shaky. But they can do some things. When you look at this matchup between Petrino and Golding and the two units, what are you looking for? I'm looking to see how much Pete Golding's willing to risk um, in, in the sense that we know Texas A&M's got a lot of weapons. That would lead you to believe that you don't want to leave yourself out there on an island too often. I mean, you want to change it up. You've got to keep them guessing a little bit. But when I say what's he willing to risk, how much is he willing to pressure Max Johnson? Because Max Johnson, when, when they get off schedule, meaning that he's not throwing on time, he's not throwing with rhythm and anticipation, and he's having to move from the launch point, things have not gone well for Texas A&M on offense. So I think you've got to take some chances and get in his face and force him off his platform. And whether it's forcing him to a side that maybe you've scouted and he doesn't like, you know, I, and I remember – Years back when Alabama was playing those Bobby Petrino Arkansas teams with Ryan Mallett, and Alabama had gotten a beat on, on that offense and realized that if they flushed Mallett to it one way or the other, I can't think of it was the right or the left side, his productivity and his completion percentage went way, way, way down. So they tried to steer him out of the pocket one way or the other. And I kind of get a similar feel that way about, about this team. When everything's good in the pocket, 
They're a much more competent team. So I, I think Pete Golden's got to come after. I, I think he's got to come after Max Johnson um, because if you just let him sit back there, he's a good enough rhythm and timing passer to to chop you up a little bit. Yeah, they they haven't protected him real well. No, Luke's. No, I, I agree. And it's no listen. They've got Chase DeSantis in the offensive line. He's a true freshman. They're playing. They're playing with some similar guys to how Alabama's been having to play with and manage their offensive line. A mix of underclassmen and a mix of really young but talented players at the same time and trying to miss and match and find the right, the, 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 the right uh, combination. Now, listen, I, uh, the bottom line is, see, I agree with you. I think, I think Texas A&M is, had they not lost Connor Wigman, and I really believe this because I think he's really, really good, we might be having a different conversation about Texas A&M right now, but that's the that's the issue that you run into, and injuries can impact you. And if you have an injury at the quarterback, and it kind of gets you out of rhythm, and you're not quite the same, or maybe some of the things that backup does aren't quite what you were going to be able to feel like you could do with your starter, it, it, it gets you off schedule a little bit. Uh, when you look at the Texas, we're talking um, our our game of the week by far and away on the Out of Bounds Show and in this state is Texas A&M at Ole Miss. Uh, I think Jimbo's coaching first job, and I think Ole Miss is playing for a big bowl game or maybe something crazy in the end, just depending on how this shakes out. Mm-hmm. We have Tom Luganville joining us uh, on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, National College Football Analyst with ESPN, play Power 5 quarterback at Georgia Tech. Uh, when you look at the A&M offense against the Ole Miss Defense. It sounds like you give an edge to the Ole Miss defense, but it's not by much, or or how would you define it? I, I don't think it's by much. Now, listen, I, you know, guys like Sunter and Perkins and some of their younger guys have started to emerge. I think that the way I look at college football right now, I think you agree with this as well, is you don't have to be an elite football team on defense. You used to be. You have to be a competently – good football team on defense, meaning that it can't just be a – you can't be SC. Like, you can't be Colorado. Uh, you, you can't be some of these teams that just can't compete on that side of the ball. But if you're able to score and you're able to create explosive plays on offense and all of a sudden you're just competent and you're above average and you're pretty good on defense, you're going to have a chance to win a lot of football games. Yeah, and I feel like that's what Ole Miss is right now on defense. I agree, and and uh, Golding. So they're playing fast and physical, and assignment driven football. And in college football today, you're just not seeing a lot of that. Mississippi State, Colorado, um, South Carolina, Southern Cal. Some of these teams. I mean, some of these teams are are t- awful. And oh, uh, I know it. I know it. It's and and Ole Miss. Golding's done a good job in in year one. Okay, so. Let's go to let's flip it over. Oh, this is this is good. A um, okay. and M at Ole Miss, eleven a.m. It's the Tito's Vodka Bloody Mary game. That these guys know each other. Kiffin against Durkin. <laughs> now, Durkin was his OC for a couple years. I mean, DC for a couple years, and so on. When you look at Dart and what Kiffin is, this about Lane establishing the run early for you, Tom? I, guess they I, think the, I think the question is, can they? Because outside, outside of Tennessee in Knoxville, nobody's run the football on Texas A&M. 
Nobody. And, you know, I think that's really the $64,000 question here. And I've said this each and every week, and I believe it to be true each and every week. The whole key for Ole Miss is being able to play at their pace, not somebody else's. And when they can, they are almost unstoppable with the, the run path options, the quarterback ability to run, the quarterback ability to compete and be a part of a designated run game where he's the feature runner, staying healthy on the perimeter and having a healthy clinch on Judkins. When they get rolling and they're going at, at an up-tempo, that when I, they're snapping the ball within maybe 13 seconds or so, um, that is when they are tough to beat. But what we've also seen is when they can't do that, if you remember the Alabama plays and all of the disruptive plays that resulted in tackles for loss, pass breakups, and now all of a sudden Ole Miss couldn't dictate the pace of play because Alabama got them off schedule. That is, to me, what is so pivotal, pivotal about the Ole Miss run game, is if you win on early downs, meaning that, you pop a seven- or eight-yard gain on first down on the ground. Or you decide to throw it on first down and you gain 12. And now all of a sudden you are sprinting to the line of scrimmage and you're ready to run the next play. That's where Ole Miss wants to live. The adverse to that, the problem with that, is if on first down you gain no yardage or on first down you throw an incompletion and then on second down you gain two, because this is what happened to them, to them against Tulane. And they went almost they, – they almost couldn't function because they were so far out of what they want to be. So early down production that allows Ole Miss to play fast, I think is the key here. Okay. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to, and I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day, and that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot and believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Z-Biotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Who has the edge? Uh, the edge is Texas A&M's defensive front over, over Ole Miss, I think, in the offensive line. And I think that's, that's the battle within the battle. Because if somehow Ole Miss can overcome that edge so that they can play at their pace, then they're going to be fine. If for some reason they get stymied at the point of attack, like I said, like everybody else except for Tennessee has, um, that then that kind of puts you behind the chains a little bit. That's not where they want to be. So it could be difficult for both to have as many red, especially Ole Miss, 
Now, they can score from anywhere, but as many red zone opportunities as Ole Miss is used to, for the most part, outside of the Bama game, right? Yes, I think so. I, I think so um, with, without question. And, and again, you know, here, here's the thing. Like, if you really watch and pay close attention to what's happening in college football, what things have become, the reason why we're seeing each and every year all of these just ridiculous ridiculous yardage outputs, right? Somebody gained 700 total yards. Somebody gained 565 total yards, all right? Well, that's all fine and dandy because in order to do that, you're going to do that probably between the 15 and the 15. The question is this. Do your explosive plays result in a touchdown or get you inside the red area and now you've got to earn that touchdown versus a field goal? Red zone efficiency on offense and defense is almost where the game is won and lost now. The teams are too good on offense, though. Everybody is. Right. The skill on offense, laterally and vertically, makes it so difficult to tackle, makes it so difficult to keep the ball in front of you. But you know what? Teams are going to get yardage. But the teams that get off the field in the red area on defense and the teams that are able to get touchdowns and not field goals, that's why we're seeing such a shift towards analytics when you get inside, let's just say, the, I don't know, the 40, the plus 48 to 42, mm-hmm. and you're seeing everybody go for it on fourth down. That's why. Because if you get in that red area and you continue, I mean, I, and listen, I, the game I had this past weekend with Texas and, and BYU, fortunately, Texas was just that much better than BYU, but... Texas had three different red zone offensive series that were inside the five yard line. It came away with no points on two of them. Good so, grief! Yeah, and so that's unacceptable for Sark and that it is, it is unacceptable. There's, there's no question. So I think you know to kind of answer your question with explosive plays and and how many series are you going to have? It's what you do when you get close. That's the whole thing on offense and defense. That this is a pretty. I mean. Ole Miss has the slight edge to me. We're visiting with Tom Luganville on the Out of Bounds show. But it, even though A&M's not having a great year and Ole Miss is, I, I look at this, Lane's the better head coach, but Petrino and Durkin can match Lane and Golding as far as play calling pretty well. And Ole Miss has the best quarterback and A&M has the thumpers in the front on defense. I mean... It's pretty damn evenly matched game, don't you think, Tom? I do. I, I think it is. And the difference has been with A&M's losses versus uh, Ole Miss's record is A&M has had more self-inflicted wounds and have, have come up with ways to lose games. Yeah. And, and Ole Miss, to their credit, and, and I keep I, again, I keep going back to that Tulane game because they very easily could have lost that game, and they didn't. And as a result of not losing it, I think they learned some valuable lessons, and then they got healthy. Uh, Share with our Ole Miss fans may not have, you know, everybody watches their team. Some people um, binge watch college football. Some people don't. Um, Describe what kind of player uh, Edgerin Cooper is for (laughs) A&M. He has become what everybody is looking for in the NFL and in college football today, and that is a player that is a true pass rusher 
that can hold up in the box on rundowns. Not always going to weigh the most, but are long and lean with long arms and explosive quick twitch movement, especially when the ball is snapped. Um, if you if you look at those types of guys, you know Kentucky had one uh, with Josh Allen years ago. Yeah, that's now in the NFL. All right. Um, you no, know, Tim Williams for Alabama, if you remember him, he was one of those guys. Dallas Turner is now one of those guys for Alabama. Um, I mean, I, we, we could run down the list of those types of players that are, they kind of move like big, giant safeties, but they're heavy-handed and they're physical and they can play in space. They're the true, they're the college football unicorn right now. Wow. I, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. In in Oxford, I give Ole Miss a slight edge, but um, I and I I'll be you know what can what can Bentley and Judkins and Dart do early on the ground against that front that you were talking about is so talented to either allow or not allow Lane to scheme and open up the passing game, right? Yeah, I I, I think that if you're going to run it on them early. You need to have some window dressing and some eye candy to maybe create some eye violations and get them to take a false step in the wrong direction. Right. Right. A lot of backfield movement. Um, then on top of that, I think, I don't know if they can just line up and block them one-on-one in true inside and outside zone. I think they're going to have to gas scheme them. So you may see H, H-back tackle counter, guard tackle counter, so that you can get proper angles and leverage them so that you don't have to just win one-on-one at the point of attack if you catch them. Okay. That, I think that's the, that, the initial approach. That's just my opinion. I don't know how they'll come out and what they'll do with that. But you know Lane's going to have some new wrinkles. You know he's going to have some things in the backfield. And here's the other thing, too, that they've gotten really good at. is Sometimes there's somebody that you can't account for. All right, let's take the Edwin Cooper kid. All right? You take Cooper and you say, well, holy crap, we can't block this guy. So guess what you don't do? You don't block him. You isolate him as the read guy, and you make him be wrong. So whether it's going to be zone read, whether it's an, uh, an RPO type of scenario, um, it, it kind of comes back to the old beer defense, right? You work up to the second level, let that guy stay unblocked at the point of attack, and force him to make a choice. And that's what you do with some of those players that you can't account for. Okay, uh, let's go to let's go to LSU Bama. Uh, that was good. That was a good fifteen minute hit on on A and M and Ole Miss. Our game of the week this week, driven by your next Ford F one fifty at Mack Hike Ford I fifty five North in Jackson. Tom Luganville, National College Football Analyst with ESPN, he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Okay, we got another good one Saturday night. LSU at Bama, pretty evenly matched. Uh, Bama's defense is better than I think people have given it credit for. LSU's really been, good. yeah, I mean, they're top 18 in defensive scoring efficiency. We act like they're not any good just because they don't have, like, one of the players you just described. Uh, but collectively, they're pretty damn good. Uh, so they're top 20. And and LSU is obviously top twenty in offensive scoring efficiency. Who do you give the edge in Tuscaloosa to? Jaden Daniels in the LSU offense or Kevin Steele and the Bama defense, Tom? Well, if we consider that LSU has not played a defense like Alabama's, 
And, you know, as we saw with the, with the Ole Miss game, where Alabama is so good is at creating negative plays. And they get you behind the sticks, and they get you out of rhythm. And now all of a sudden, you're, you're not comfortable. I think this entire game is predicated upon whether or not LSU can turn it into a track meet, because that is not Alabama's game on offense. They don't want to get into a, a, a tit-for-tat, back-and-forth, LSU scores quickly. Now the pressure's on Alabama to score quickly. That's not Alabama. Not this year's version. Now it was with Tula. It was with Jalen. Right? Right. It was with Mac Jones. But not now. They're different this way. I think the whole thing depends on whether or not Alabama defensively can force Jaden Daniels to throw the football to beat him. And I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that assuming that Jaden Daniels can't throw the ball to beat him. I think that he could. But what you can't let Jaden Daniels do is eat his cake, have his cake and eat it too. He can't be able to be used as a designated runner or run around and create all of these explosive plays when he's improvising because things break down. If Alabama can't account for that, then Jane Daniels is going to do what he's done each of the last six, seven weeks. Right. I think he's a Heisman Trophy guy, dude. Like, he has carried that football team, but he's carried it because when they've gotten in trouble, he's gotten them out of trouble. And the trouble is his legs when things break down. That's where Alabama has to come up big. Oof. They have got to contain him. And it's easier said than done. It's easier said than done. But this is not a good ball game for Alabama. If, let's just say, LSU were to go out there and score twice quickly. That doesn't, that doesn't play well for Bama, in my opinion. All right, what about Milrow and the offense? Uh, th- they may not be great, but they, they've turned it on a couple of times when they needed to, and they did against Tennessee in the second half. Do you think they'll be able to move it up and down the field on LSU's D? I think LSU's defense has been much maligned, but I also think in the last couple of weeks they have shown improvement, but nobody's paying attention to it because of the offense. Right. So they have gotten a bit better. Um, you know, the, the question for me is can they, can they get a pass rush on Jalen Milrow for two reasons? Number one, Jalen Milrow is as responsible for Alabama's offensive line woes as the offensive line is because he won't get the ball out of his hand. He moves himself into sacks at times. He'll, he'll drift. He'll go lateral. He'll try to keep his eyes downfield, but he's holding on to the football, and then he takes a sack, and it's unnecessary. And that would be concerning for me. Now, is this the LSU team that we've become accustomed to seeing that's had a bunch of war daddies on defense up front? No, but Harold Perkins is starting to come on. you got to account for him. He's another one of those unicorns. And so I'm going to be very interested to see how quickly the, the clock goes off in Jalen Milrow's head because that has not been something that's been quick. He can throw the deep ball, there's no doubt. But he's gotten himself into a lot of trouble, and I know the offensive line takes the, the brunt of the blame. There's plenty to go around, but he needs to take some of that blame as well. All right. Well, we got one or two minutes. You're going to Bedlam, Oklahoma yeah. at Oklahoma State, and this could be it for the rivalry, unfortunately. I know, I know. What a bummer, right? I mean, you got it's been played for over 100 years. Oklahoma's coming off the loss to Kansas. Mike Gundy has somehow turned this thing around behind, uh, I think, the Heisman Dark Horse and Ollie Gordon, the running back. They're dangerous, right? So they're playing at home now in Stillwater. The place is going to be just going absolutely nuts. And you're going to have chaos throughout the Big 12. I mean, I don't know if Texas can beat Kansas State with Malik Murphy. I just don't. I, what I saw on Saturday, I would say 
That's going to be a tall, tall order. Fortunately, the game is in Austin. So I, I still think there's some chaos to ensue in the Big 12, and uh, it could start this weekend in Stillwater. Wow, that's a 2.30 our time ABC game. Yep. Um, Oklahoma at Oklahoma State. And like Luganville said, things weren't going well early for Gundy and Oklahoma State. And, and they turned – that guy, say what you want about him. I mean, I think he's fascinating. But say what yeah. you want about him. That And he may not be as interested in recruiting as he should be, but damn, that guy can coach, Luke's. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I mean, they went from a team last year that could not run the ball, could not function. Quarterback was a mess, but he was injured all the time. I mean, it's amazing. To, and they had a mass exodus in the transfer portal in the offseason. It's amazing what he's done. Uh, uh, he's one of those guys we'll always wonder what he would have been at a blue blood. Thanks, Tom Luganville. Be good. Take care, man. See ya. Oh, man. Driven by your next Easy Go Golf Car from Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoors in Madison, Memphis, and the Mississippi Gulf Coast. Ben Nelson, Golf and Outdoors. Let Benji Nelson and the team at Ben Nelson Golf and Outdoor help you get your easy-go golf car that's American-made in Augusta, Georgia. That was a good show today. Yeah. If you missed anything, including Jason going to Shuckers <laughs> and drinking till 2 a.m., go to Apple Podcast or Spotify. Search Out of Bounds with Bow Bounds. We love you. Have a good day. Enjoy the weather and Monday night football, and we'll see you tomorrow.